Yo, how's it going, everyone? My name is Marcos from the Empowered with Marcos podcast, and today I'm with Steph and Jess from Chris Chat. Yes, it's and today we're gonna have a conversation on identities and labels. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And today's episode is gonna be very insightful. And Steph, say what you usually say before your podcast. Uh, <laughs> everything that you'll hear in this episode is based on our personal experiences. Thank you for asking that. Yes. Yeah. I should start saying that on mine too because I usually go all over the place with my topics and I just scratch the surface. So it's definitely something that we should all consider, not just like during recordings, but during actual conversations. Yeah. So something we just, everyone to keep in mind. We've actually gotten a lot of positive feedback about that, mm. about just saying that. People really appreciate that. Mm, got it. Yeah. Yeah, because some of us, like, we do have it, like, instilled in our brains already, but not everyone, because a lot of times people are stuck with their own opinions and perspectives and not necessarily other people's view in life. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And having a podcast gives you a lot of power for those who are listening. And while I think my perspective is valuable, my perspective is not the only one. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I speak a lot from my experience about, like, the Dominican community, and I don't want anyone to think that that is the full Dominican community. It's just mm-hmm. my experience. Right? Exactly. And that would be a good follow-up to our main topics. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steph, lead the way. Uh, so today, as Marco said, we're talking about labels and identity, and uh, we thought that the best question to start with is, what labels do you identify with? So, who wants to start? Well, you start. Oh, you want me to start? Okay. Yes. <laughs> I have so many labels that I identify with. Um, the one that doesn't necessarily uh, come super prominent in terms of like my appearance is that I'm a lesbian, but it's the one that I think about the most. Yeah. Um, I'm Latinx. I am cisgender. I'm female. I am uh, queer. I identify as uh, a wife. A friend, an employee. Yeah. Uh, I have a question. What's yeah. uh, cisgendered? <clears throat> oh. <laughs> yeah. Um. So cisgendered is um somebody who is in very simple terms, it's like somebody who does not identify as transgendered. But what it means is that I identify with my gender. I identify my gender with the uh body parts that I was born with. So those two align for me. Mm, got it. Okay. So I was born with female body parts and I identify as female. Yeah. So, okay. With your got um, it. gender assigned at birth as well. Right. Like that's that's the word I was looking for. Yes. I got identify it. with my gender assigned at birth. That's yes. what it is. Yes. Interesting. So, um, I have a question. So, instead of just saying cisgender, why not just saying uh, a woman or female? Because there's uh, the way... Society looks at gender right now. It's very binary, and mm-hmm. so when you do that, when you do that, um, you just want to make sure that like um, you acknowledge the fact that like gender is not is can be non-binary. So that's why the reason for doing that. Got it. Okay. See, I'm learning something new already. So yeah, <laughs> it's and, yeah. A, and we yeah. and we butcher it all the time. You yeah. Know? But um, that's just part of like educating ourselves and things like that. So. Thank you for asking. Got it. Okay, cool. All right. Proceed. Cool. Uh, I, I mean, I identify as Dominican. I would say that's like a Spanish speaker. Bilingual. Yeah. Lover of dogs. So many. So many labels. <laughs> but the, now I'm getting like into like the, the very selective one. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let 
yeah. which Asco. Um, I identify with a lot of the same ones, but I'll just I'll mention some of them. So I identify as female, Latinx, uh, lesbian, queer, uh, wife, daughter, friend, um, Ecuadorian, Mexican, Cuban. I'm a creative. I'm an athlete. Uh, some will call me like a fixer. So there's there's so many labels uh, that I identify with, but though those are to name a few. Mm. What about you, Mark? Got it. So just from the very beginning, I'm gonna say I see labels as a tool, not necessarily something to attach to, but thus I do have some. <laughs> so um, a male, straight, Mexican, I guess Mexican American, and course I'm a personal trainer a holistic health coach and so any other labels that I have um that's about it I guess other things well I don't really have like political political affiliation or religion so I guess that's labeled too Mm -hmm. and I guess you can vaguely say like the vegan label too you know that's a whole (laughs) nother topic I talked about it too that's a whole nother topic and that's I guess you could say Taoist too, with the philosophy. And over the over, over the course of my life, I've worked with different types of art too. So I guess you could say artist. Mm-hmm. And of course, also like being a friend of the people and just being there for just anyone in the planet in general. And of course, beyond. But we'll see. We'll learn as time goes along. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Oh, and the tea enthusiast, love tea. <laughs> yes. So yeah, yes. I would add that too. Yes. <laughs> Um, so I had, um, I had another question, but I, I guess, Marcos, I think it would be great to listen to your perspective on labels as well. So, yes. Yeah, so, um, it's changed over the course of a few years. Matter of fact, it's changed over the past month. So the main thing with labels is growing up where I grew up, I grew up in Pittsburgh, California, and it was predominantly just Mexicans and black people. So... Most of the time, I was just used to being around people of uh, people of color, and it just seemed like a norm to me. So, just the thoughts of uh, racism and discrimination didn't come to me like in real depth until I started working in San Francisco, where I started to get treated and looked differently. And I thought before it was just like class, like because different classes, yeah. but no, it was just gestures when you go out in public for example if you go out to like a whole foods you get looked at differently from yeah. at different types of people and it was completely completely different level last year when i was living out in atlanta for a few months just uh i look completely different from everyone else most of the people out there yeah. and just the way you get looked at the way that people talk to you just the way people do business and of course, don't get me wrong, there's some great people out there. Shout out to the city of Atlanta. It's a great, it's still a great city, but it's just um, not for me. Yeah. And and of course, uh, uh, the outskirts and the suburban area is where you experience more of the, the weird looks, the light discrimination. And that's where I have my first like in-depth personal experience when it comes to knowing that labels are a factor and identity is a factor and coming back like moving out living out here in the san francisco area you see you see it more in depth not just with myself but with like other people and just like seeing uh seeing the differences between like the wealthy neighborhoods and the people and the homeless people walking around you just see patterns with the people that are involved and you see um 
the way that people react and the way that people like act towards them. Like a lot of times, they don't even train their people. They just walk by them, not even acknowledge them or anything. Yeah. And it's it's crazy to see this like on a, almost on a new, on a weekly basis because a lot of times, like throughout the weeks, I do. Um, so again, I'm a personal trainer and I walk towards people's homes. So a lot of times, I have to walk like between. 30 seconds to 10 minutes to go to people's um, homes and a lot of times you see a lot of the city and you see the differences between the working class, the wealthy class and the homeless people and just the contrast between the two is is massive and that helped, definitely helped me uh, change the perspective when it comes to not just how I see things but how other people see how people react with other people just based mm -hmm. off the way they live their lives, the way they look, these all these labels make a difference. It's yeah. it's crazy. And um, like I said before, is I see it as a tool because a lot of times when you have an emotional attachment, that's when you're um you open yourself up to be to be hurt, to be to be labeled. It's like this the way again, the way I see it is you basically put yourself in a in a position where you're able to like I said, just be heard from other people's like words and everything like that. And of course, like I said before, tools need to be used when they're needed, not when they're not needed. Mm -hmm. So that's my perspective on it. I like to oh, love to hear both of your perspectives. I know it'll yeah. be it'll be it'll be some some drastic differences, yeah. and we could definitely like learn from each other. I think it's very interesting because you just said something that sparked a thought in me, and mm -hmm. that um, I think you talked about labels from two perspectives just mm -hmm. now. You talked about labels from like the internal perspective of like, what labels do I ascribe to myself? Mm -hmm. And then you also spoke about the labels that other people place on you, mm -hmm. right? And so like the differences between those. And um, I think that's very interesting because I did uh, like a self-reflection exercise a while ago and it was on, it wasn't necessarily on labels, but it was like parts of your identity and the ones that you feel others um, can, can notice about you right away versus the ones that are more top of mind for you and um for me i realized that the the things that i feel that others see in me right away are the fact that i'm female and the fact that i um, am a woman of color but the thing that is always top of mind for me is that i'm a lesbian right and so like this is a label that like i i ascribe to that i put on myself um that is super top of mind for me all the time for like many reasons that i am happy to get into uh but the, the labels that other people put on me when they first see me and that will like impact their perception of me in like the first few seconds are so different than like what's uh, super top of mind for me. That's not to say that I don't think about the fact that I'm a woman of color that is also super present for me, but um, I would say that being a lesbian is like really big label for me. Um, in terms of like my perception on labels, um, I semi-agree with you. I think that labels um, can harm us if we are um, super attached to them when it comes to certain certain labels like veganism like like I'm a Giants fan like I think that that type of stuff um, can harm us but mm -hmm. when I think about like the the queer community um, I think that labels are incredibly important because there's power in numbers and mm -hmm. um, particularly because of the fact being a lesbian that I I think that when, when a woman says, when a man says, I am gay, that's like, that's fact. Like, they're, they're gay. Like, mm -hmm. that's it. But when a woman says, I'm a lesbian, people are just like, eh, okay, like, you'll be dating a guy in, like, a few weeks or something like that, right? Like, they just, mm. yeah, that's been the experience. Like, oh, you're just going through a phase or, 
Um, I think also some uh, some people take it as like a challenge. Like when you say you're a lesbian, okay, challenge accepted. Let's see how long you're going to be a lesbian. And so I think that in this case, labels are super important because it is important to show that this is not just like a transient phase, that it, it is something that's very, very real, that it is something that is inside of me, that it is something that I was born with, mm-hmm. and that it is something that I'm just not going to let go, and that I'm just not going to, like, you know, come in and out uh, as a phase. It's not like pink hair. Like, it's not a phase, you know? <laughs> so, that's my take. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would just, yeah, everything you, every, everything you just said, really, because, like, we have, we identify with a lot of the same labels. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting because you said, uh, talking about like identifying as a lesbian and people not necessarily taking you so serious. Um, I would like to add to that. In my experience, it's been more that label is so important for me in a partner mm-hmm. because of what Steph just said. Because society looks at lesbians as like a phase. Um, for me, I've always dated women who weren't really sure of their identity mm. and that like Steph is probably the one woman in my life that um, has identified and is sure of who she is and so for me that label for her to say that to me provides some comfort because I'm up against societal pressures that women have like people in the queer community have mm. that it's really important that you label yourself for me um, for you in general, it's important, but for me, it's like that's how that's how I know someone is serious about if they know who they are. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot of people out there who, you know, to your point, they get labels can hurt us because sometimes people feel like they just need to label themselves in order to fit in. Yeah. Yes, yeah, you know? yes, that's that's something I definitely wanted to talk about. Um, Wait, proceed. Yeah, so um, I find it that some people just kind of jump the gun and say, yes, I'm this, yes, I'm that, without really truly like doing some soul searching and, and understanding if they are, in fact, that label or mm-hmm. identify as that label. And so, yeah, I, I, can, I can almost, you know, I'm usually really certain about people who are sure of themselves and they mm-hmm. label themselves with things depending on how they speak of it, how passionate they are, um, how much they bring it up. And, um, and so for me, it's that within itself is why that is so important to me, um, along with everything else that Steph said. I mean, for me, the first thing that people see, I think, um, is my sexuality because of the way, um, lesbians are perceived in like the media right i have yeah. a short haircut mm. you know i like to think i have some swag i'm a little edgy <laughs> um, and so they're immediately like oh okay she's gay um and so and that kind of aligns with me too and how like the thing that i think about the most as well but mm. um i think the second thing would be being latinx um mm. in that community um so that's me. It's interesting that you brought that up because uh, when I met both of you, the first thing that came to mind was, of course, Line X. I'm like, yes! Because out here in San Francisco, <laughs> yeah. it's not too many of us. We're not the majority. So just seeing like more of you, like, yeah, hey, clients are like, yeah. hey, yes. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. It's always a joy. The feeling is mutual. Of course, yes. <laughs> yes. But of course, uh, it's a joy if any human that's, like, that's open to be coached. It's awesome. I work with all types of people all walks of life over the past five years. 
with all types of labels and identities and that definitely helped me grow as a person helped me see things not just like from a professional standpoint but for like a personal standpoint to be able to see things from different walks of life different approaches different everything and it's a wonderful 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 experience as a whole just learning from others but uh something interesting you brought up was um identity the point the point of identities with uh communities for me like over the years i've kind of like went towards like doing my own thing and just like i love like just being like smaller groups or with individuals what we have in common instead of large groups just to give a few examples with uh the fitness community um i make them pretty open i can't stand the fitness community as a whole (laughs) for so many different reasons a lot and Actually, uh, these three things, three communities I'm going to talk about, again, it's not overall um, criticism. It's just my perspective and my experience. Mm -hmm. And it all roots to one thing, ego. Mm -hmm. So with the fitness community, with the vegan community, and with the quote-unquote spiritual community, is uh, the egos involved. So I realized it's not necessarily, all right, let me rephrase it. It's not necessarily the communities, but just the egos involved that... I'm human. It gets on my nerves. So, yeah, <laughs> it gets on my nerves. So, um, I prefer to shy away and speak with the individuals instead because a lot of times they don't put up the facade of like They're being of a certain yeah. status when they're around people. When it's just individuals, you speak of individual. And I like to just open up the space and just say, just bring out your genuine self. I ain't going to judge you. Be who you are. You have to live up to an expectation, no purpose, none of that. Yeah. Just be your true, authentic self, regardless of what you identify as, which is the reason why is sometimes labels can hold us back, is when you become emotionally attached to labels, you feel like you have to live up to it. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, no, nah, just be your true, genuine, authentic self, yep. period, yeah. point blank. That's why I prefer just speaking with smaller groups or with individuals instead of large communities because, you know, egos. Yeah. But yeah. So I'd like to yeah, hear what's both yeah. your thoughts on, on that one right there. I mean, I would um, I would definitely agree that in every community you have people that are saying that they um, identify or label themselves that way so that they can fit in within that community, not necessarily because they um, really identify as that. I think that some people are quick to, to put a label on themselves so that they can have that sense of community because at the end of the day we all want to belong we all want to have community um but i think that I, I think that there is ego involved in the sense of like if i identify with this community i have to behave a certain way i have to do certain things um versus having that flexibility of like i can identify with this label in this community but i can also have parts of me that are really authentic i think that um reality shows are like a really good example of this i will on occasion partake in a episode or two of a some reality shows and what i've always said is that when the rea- when the when the reality show first comes out mm-hmm. people are their authentic selves and then by season three people have like a label like there's a, a prominent portion of their personality that comes out either they're the confrontational one or they're what whatever it may be and then moving forward that's who they are like mm-hmm. all the time like all parts all other parts of their identity are kind of ignored and that that one label is what shines because they feel like they have to live up to that like that's that's what it yeah that's what it needs to be <clears throat> and i mean i i i 100% agree with you and i think that there is also like sidetracking here i think even within the latinx community like there are i think certain 
like ideas in terms of if you label yourself as Latinx, like what does that mean? A big part of that is language. Like if you label yourself as Latinx, people assume that you must speak Spanish, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that those labels can harm people in that mm -hmm. way when you feel like there is like a certain a box that you have to fit into in order for you to be able to use that label on yourself. Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, what you said is completely true in that, like, when people um, become a part of these communities, they, they literally don't think they can, like, go outside that box. Like, if they have a checklist of 10 things to say that I'm part of the Latinx community or the queer community, they feel like they have to hit every single box in mm. order to be like, like, I belong here, versus being like, if we all just opened up and were more authentic as humans, I think that these communities would have different, like a spectrum of mm -hmm. what it meant to be each of those things. Yeah. Um, and I also think that, you know, when looking at these different communities, I'll give an example, like I'm part of the Latinx community. I don't fall into a lot of those check boxes that like <laughs> say, like, you know, yep. but that also, and I'm trying to catch myself doing these things because I love my community, but anytime I meet someone from the Latinx community, whether like, usually if they're older, or like the older generation, mm -hmm. I automatically assume that they're religious and they don't mm. like my kind. Yeah. I have this like bias towards that. And that's part of like the label. It's like Latinx folks are usually very religious and they do not. Homophobic. And they're very homophobic. True. Um, unfortunately. That, you know, luckily doesn't fall completely true in my family. Um, mm. And so it's just interesting how I'm trying to be more authentic within my communities, but also the way I view communities, mm -hmm. right? So it's, yeah. it's, it's a two-sided thing, mm -hmm. um, even though there's a lot of truth in what I just said. Definitely. Um, but I think, as I mentioned, just being more authentic and being open. And, and you'd be surprised if you, like, I'm sure, Marcus, you've seen this, where you're, like, one-on-one -on -one with someone and they're completely different than they are in a group. Where they're just like, you're like, wow, you have like a lot of thoughts. You know, I, I had a conversation with someone the other day and, and they were just talking about how it's so hard for them to just be their authentic self because they feel like they have to put on this like this face of mm -hmm. being someone cool or whatever. And yeah. they just started like unloading all this stuff. And I was like, you're doing it. Mm -hmm. You just need to feel comfortable. And like it, it was because I started the conversation on like being authentic. And so... If we just did more of that, mm -hmm. we would have such amazing conversations yeah. and like definitely you know, yes, yeah, it'd just we, be amazing. Yeah, we had a conversation with with a couple of people last night, and we were talking about the fact that it's it's now like the social standard and the, and like the cultural norm to not be authentic, to just like be really cool and like not really let anybody in and to put on a mask and put on a mask. Mm -hmm. And now we're creating this like society of people that have all these issues that are so embedded and we're numbing mm -hmm. through so many different ways because we can't be ourselves and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna throw in some Brene brown because i love Brene brown shout out um, to Brene brown shout out to Brene <laughs> brown Brene, call me i want to want to meet you um, <laughs> collaborate yeah um but in reading her book the gifts of imperfection she talks about the idea of belonging versus fitting in and the fact that it's okay like we all have a, a deep like we we all need to belong like that is a biological thing like that that wanting that sense of belonging mm -hmm. um fitting in is completely different because when you want to belong you are your authentic self and you bring that authentic self versus when you want to fit in 
you do whatever you feel is needed or mm-hmm. said in order for you to be part of a community. And I had never thought about it that way because for a lot of my life, I thought that belonging and fitting in were synonymous. And, uh, you know, like Brene really helped me to kind of tease that out and, and, and break that apart. And I hope that um, her work gains more popularity because I, I hope that people understand the power that they have to be vulnerable and the power that they have to be authentic in themselves and to be able to use a label if, if they feel that they need to use it. But to also understand that, like, just because you say that you are Latinx doesn't mean that you have to behave a certain way and that you can have one trait of being Latinx and still be able to be Latinx. It's like people who say, well, I'm not a runner because, you know, I don't run races or like I don't run fast. And I'm like, do you go outside and run? Yes. So you're a runner. Mm -hmm. Do you run on the treadmill? Yes. You're a runner. Even if you run one minute every day, you (laughs) are a runner. Like it is okay to do that. And so I think it's, it's these this idea that that you have to fit in in a certain way in order mm-hmm. for you to use that label that really fucks us up in a way. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, yes. I like how you said about the, uh, well, where to begin? <laughs> oh. All of that. So, yeah. uh, All so, of it. Yes, well, so um, I really, so I'm going to just share this a little side note. I've really been applying the skill of listening for the sake of listening. I'm not listening and then waiting to Which say what you're going to talk. So, um, I'm talking about like five things right now. So, <laughs> like, wow. So, the first one is um, going back to the connection you made about uh, people faking it, wearing a mask, and also people doing it in, um, in reality TV shows. Is um, people feel like they have to live up to that mask nowadays because they identify as that mask instead of being their true, authentic selves. So, yeah. just being aware of that. Because um, then the other thing, too, uh, what Jess was saying about. Like being out in in public and like behaving differently was like for me myself is I wouldn't say it's something different but most of the time I'm I'm more like entertaining so to speak I try to like, make people laugh more but still my true and genuine like self yeah. still my same topic I don't try to fake anything it's just a change of uh of um Your approach is different. my approach is different yeah I try to like make people laugh instead say like random shit yeah. not random shit but it's more like calculated mm-hmm. and just to just make people laugh that'll be intent just to um line up the mood more than anything yeah and it's just something I just like to do like yeah. well, why not have a little comedy aspect to it why not right. and then um what was the other one oh, I just got overwhelmed with everything but um <laughs> definitely that and Vulnerability, vulnerability is a lot of times people, they feel safe hiding behind a mask instead of being out and open because it's not common. Like you're saying, it's not common. It became socially accepted to walk around with a mask being or like being stoic and not showing emotion or things like that is we're humans. We're meant to show emotion or we're meant to like let the emotions take us over and drag us and drag us all over the place. No. But are we meant to express them? Yes, of course. Because, yeah. um, of course, uh, this, is just, this is just an audio recording. It's not a visual recording. As both of you are speaking, I like I have like intense reactions to it. Yeah. But it's just for, like a quick second. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like a very emotional, reactive person. But it's just like a brief second. Kind of like what we were saying before is I don't identify with my, my, for my emotions. My emotions are not my label. I don't, I, I don't hang on to them. Are you part of who I am? Yes. But are they who I am? No. That's why I openly express them, but I don't like hang on to them and I don't like let them drag on. No, I don't. If there's like, and then uh, this is on topic, right? When it comes to like feeling emotions or mourning or anything like that, is I feel it intensely in depth. I just yeah. like 
knock myself up in my room. And if I have to cry, I cry. If I have to scream, I scream. I let it all out. And do I identify with that? No, I don't. But is it needed? Yes. Yeah. It's definitely, like I said before, it's a tool that we use. And um, it's it helps us clear things out. And it, help, it helps bring out our authentic, true self. And that's what vulnerability is. Yeah. It's definitely a tool that we must use to live life fully and in a genuine, authentic self. Yeah. I mean, uh, authentic, true, hold on, force and structure. But anyways, but yeah, <laughs> but the point is that it's definitely like vulnerability is a tool for being open and dropping the mess that we don't identify with. Yep. So basically to yeah. come full circle is being aware that the labels and identities are more clear and precise and we realize that there are true genuine self when we drop the mask basically that's what i'm trying to say drop the mask and you find your true self yeah yes let go of the um let go of the suppression yes. and then the true self comes out that way you don't have to worry about living up to the people's expectations or worry about other people's judgments there we go I'm I, just trying to yeah. figure out how to word it properly, but yeah. I am very curious to hear your perspective. Mm -hmm. um, as a Latinx man, mm -hmm. um, you talked about right now crying and, mm -hmm. and feeling like emotions that, speaking from my perspective within the Latinx community, have been uh, associated with weakness if men express them. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would love to, uh, I would love your perspective, like having the label of, of man and, mm -hmm. and Latinx, like Latinx mm -hmm. man, mm -hmm. how do you manage the stigmas that come with, with that in the machista culture mm -hmm. versus like being your authentic self um, when, from my experience, like when, when men within the Latinx community do that, and men in general, I think, mm -hmm. um, it sort of takes away their masculinity within the eyes of some. You know what I realized is they're very inconsistent with it. Perfect example, when you see Latinx men drunk, what happens? They get very emotional. They yeah. cry in the real open. It's like their it, mask comes off. Exactly. Yeah. And then everyone's one of a lot of uh, Latinx, especially Mexican men's favorite singer, Vicente Fernandez, aka yes. Chente. They always cry when they sing him. So it's, it's 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 like during certain points they find it okay to cry. And then of course even during um during certain stories during certain fiction. And um, during certain movies, if it's something happens or a certain character yeah. like dies or something tragic happens or something happens, it's okay for a man to cry. You, sell, you talk you talk to with uh, male friends about it and they talk about crying openly. They do like, they talk about it on the internet, crying emojis everywhere <laughs> and things like that. But at the same time, I'm like, it's very consistent. It should be whenever it's necessary, not during certain circumstances. That's what I'm trying to say. So, um it's um it's a step in the right direction that they're willing to talk about doing certain circumstances yes yeah. but it should be like it should be like open to people like at all times whenever they have to do it if they have to like just step to the side and cry randomly because they just remember about something it's okay yeah. if they're holding a lot of in they have they need like a safe space to let it out go ahead it should be like openly available for all men women if they identify with anything else to just let it all out. It's like regardless of the circumstance, it should be completely okay to just let out that emotion as much as they have to. Not more than they have to, because that's that's a whole another that's a whole another uh, conversation because yeah. they build things off balance. But just letting it out as much as they have to, whenever they feel like they're done, it's okay. No need to judge people. It's just 
let it out as much as you have to regardless of the circumstance. Did you feel that pressure growing up to be put into that box where you weren't able to be emotional Mm -hmm. as as a male? Yes, I grew up with two brothers. I was a middle child more than anything. And I was bullied as a kid growing up to like high school. So yeah, definitely I felt the pressure of just being suppressed a lot of time. And that's why like when I grew up and as I talked about in previous episodes is when I was in business, the corner in Real C, I just wanted power because I didn't have that power growing up as a kid. Mm-hmm. I was suppressed all the time. I was just power hungry growing up. Mm-hmm. And that was my biggest fear. I didn't want to work for the people that were in power. Mm-hmm. So I worked for myself, ended up becoming that person I didn't want to become. So when I found that out, it was a traumatizing experience. Yeah. I, I did not sleep that night. Mm-hmm. I, it's when I used to drink. I drank like crazy that night. And I woke up horrible the next morning in every way, shape, and form. I was oh. like, I don't know what I wanted to do with myself because... I just feel horrible because I just fell into the corruption that I was trying to avoid. And it was, it was rough. And honestly, I, I thought I healed from it, but I just realized I, have, I still have trouble working with other people. So it's something I'm still working with. That's why I've been like working by myself, for myself the past almost three years now. And it's definitely something I'm working on. Yeah. And um, it's actually something interesting I learned, though, is... Um, it's also part of the society that we live in. It's so contract heavy. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's something I just I just shared really quickly on Instagram. I just said um, collaboration instead of contracts. I feel like collaboration is like what we're doing right now. Yeah, it's yeah. like there's no connection to it. There's, we don't really benefit anything directly from it. We just three friends got together on the mic and just having a conversation. Yeah. And we're just going to share it out with the people. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And for example, it feels like a business arrangement. There will be a bunch of fine print, lawyers involved, who gets this, who gets that, what we do, what don't we do, things like that. And um, that's what I realized is it's not necessarily I have trouble working with people, it's I have trouble working with contracts. So that's a little revelation. I've had, had two revelations during this conversation. Wow, Thank you, Buffy. Amazing. Yes. I'm like, wow. It's like ego and also contracts. I'm like, wow. It's not necessarily specific people or or groups or anything. It's actual, like, dealing with egos, mine and other people's, mm-hmm. and with contracts. I'm like, wow. It's quite the revelation. Yeah, that's amazing. It is. That's amazing. Woo! Beautiful. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Next question. <laughs> I mean, we, we answered most of them. The, the only last question that I had was um, specifically, like, what would your identity be like without labels? If you, if you didn't use labels, mm-hmm. what, what would that mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm shook by my own question. <laughs> I don't know. That's your revelation car. right there. Yeah. <laughs> Steph brought it up in the car and I was like, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> that that's, I, I, I need to journal about that. I think that's, that's really hard for me because... Um, I think because of like the, the political state of this country, um, I find it incredibly important for me to like identify as a lesbian, which I did way before and this all this stuff happened, um, as Latinx, as Dominican, as a woman of color, as a woman, like all of these things. And I have a really hard time letting them go because of how much they um, impact my identity. And I feel that to let go of the label of lesbian, to let go of the label woman of color, to let go of the label Dominican, to let go of the label woman is to kind of um, ignore or erase 
um, mm. the things that I go through in life as a lesbian, as a woman of color, as a Dominican, and mm. it's kind of like ignoring what other people in those communities go through. And so mm. thinking about like, I always say that we think that for for queer um, folks, that coming out is a one-time thing and it's this big event, but I come out every single day. Every mm. time I go to do something and somebody asks me about a significant other, and I say my wife, anytime that I um, take a job, I have to constantly vet if I think that that manager is homophobic or not, right? Because that impacts my career. If I think that that company is um, has like a lot of people that are homophobic or not because that impacts my career. And so to let go of that label of, of lesbian and of queer is to let go of, of all of those um, experiences that I deal with day in and day out. Mm-hmm. And so I have a very hard time like imagining my life without those. It's mm. interesting. <laughs> Yeah. You just uh, you just gave me a whole different perspective from uh, <laughs> letting go of labels. Because for me, I decided from like emotional standpoint, from an ego standpoint, mm-hmm. when I refer to uh, using uh, labels as a tool, as a label, I was referring to emotional attachment and ego. But when you what you brought up about um, experiences and other people's perspective, I'm like mind blown right now, mind blown. <laughs> I don't think I, I whispered it. I'm like mind blown right now. I'm like. <laughs> That's why. I, that's why. I, by the way, this this conversation was like like weeks or even months in the make in the yeah. making. We brought it up before yeah. so many times, yeah. and this is exactly why. I'm like, we grew up in different parts of the different parts of the country, different different labels of almost everything. But we have a couple of courses, Latinx, and of course we love fitness and everything else. Yeah. But everything else is like completely different and. What we do have in common is we love learning from different people. Yeah. And just that alone is just beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah. And that's why we each have our podcasts and our platforms. And we bring along people, of course, that we have in common. But, of course, we yeah. have their, we see things in a different perspective, different experiences. But at the same time, we're all humans. And we all, like, we all practice empathy. Com- well, well, should, must. Yeah. Practice <laughs> empathy, <laughs> empathy, compassion, yeah. and just love towards each other. That's true and genuine instead of like faking shit and putting on masks and pretending someone we're not and faking relationships. No, it's not about that. Like I said, it's compassion and co- collaborations instead of contracts. Contracts are fake as fuck and conditional. Yeah. No, fuck that. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, oh, yeah. I think it's the first time I'm cursing in front of both of you. But, anyways, <laughs> usually it's a professional environment, but I'm trying to keep it that way. But, yeah. Living your authentic self. I yes, exactly. Yes. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I would agree with everything Steph said on that question on what might my identity be without those labels. I think that it would be extremely difficult because we live in a society full of labels. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think it would be difficult to, you mentioned like your, it would take away from your experiences. I think it would also take away from me understanding other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in like, you know, we work with in these big companies where we're around a lot of different folks, different cultural backgrounds, people who identify in different ways. And I think the one way to truly be able to uh, not necessarily relate, but be empathetic and like be able to work and collaborate with is to understand people's perspectives, but also their experiences. Right. And like, it's not necessarily that you meet someone and they're like, Oh my God, I grew up poor. And like, I have nothing. I'm just going through all this stuff. And it's not those things. It's necessary. Just like, what are your labels? How do you identify? And like, 
it's almost like a language. Like, I, it translates to me and me like, oh, you're a woman of color or you're a man that's part of the, like, Latinx community. Like, I have these assumptions of you, but there's, like, it's almost like I have a foundation where mm-hmm. I can just be like, able to yeah. have a conversation and be like, okay, I have these, like, assumptions, but I want to make sure that they're correct. And so it, it creates this dialogue where I'm like, oh, you're Latinx. I am too. Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. You just mentioned we're from different parts of the country, yeah. right? Your mm-hmm. cultural background is Mexican. I'm part Mexican. Mm-hmm. But our, it's completely different the way you and I grew up, right? Yes. But <laughs> we can relate based off of the Latinx thing. And you've brought so much perspective into our lives and being like, you know, after our workout sessions, like, man, that was really enlightening. Like, I never thought of it that way. And then it makes yeah. you really think like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm part of this community, but the spectrum goes so f- much further than I even thought. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that would be really hard for me to like live without because it helps me connect with people um, mm-hmm. in a good way. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so interesting that you say that because that was like eye-opening too. Um, like just Marco's like being a Latinx man. I'm like, oh yeah, like machismo. Like you probably dealt with like a lot of like stereotypes or like yeah. – um, like a lot of pressure put on you as like mm-hmm. a man in a Latinx household and how you must react and um like when I meet other women of color I'm like oh man like I can I can I can understand like some of the stuff that you go through with like biases that people have towards you mm-hmm. or or you know how people have make assumptions about you just by looking at you and so it helps me to empathize with mm-hmm. people because I have somewhat of an understanding of mm-hmm. what they're going through based on those labels but then it also helps in like somebody um, might tell you their label and then tell you that experience because you begin to like understand, okay, that, you know, that's, um, that's what that community might, might be going through. I think, mm-hmm. and, and I have grown a lot by just having conversations with you. It's, it's more so in terms of like not walking away. If I meet like uh, one trans person and they tell me like, this is what I go through. It's like the whole trans community, like this is what they're going through, you know? Right. So, <laughs> Being able to use that to, to empathize mm-hmm. towards people, but understanding that each person brings their own unique experience mm-hmm. and their own unique qualities and traits and that we have to respect that and get take the opportunity to learn about that versus to be like, oh, I know what they're going through. Like, right. like mm-hmm. check, like, I already know this community. I already know this person because I know the labels. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's called a stereotype. <laughs> yes. That's called a stereotype. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, but to answer the question is who we are without labels, enlightenment, period. That's it. But but uh, we wouldn't be able to live in this society, in this country, in this yeah. world, in this existence without labels. If labels were wiped out, new labels would come up, period. Yeah. It's almost it's like a cycle. It's inevitable. Yeah. It's like, for example, it's like people in power. It's like whenever they get taken down, it's it's a matter of time before someone else just takes over. Period. Yeah. Point back. It's just a cycle of how things happen, the way things are structured right now. Yeah. Like I said before, when you get rid of everything, that's enlightenment. Period. Point black. Yeah. So, um, short answer this time, but yeah, that's about it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but going more in depth with like specific uh, labels and things like that. An interesting one that's been happening over the past few weeks based off our conversations is um, our generation is, you know, growing up in the 90s with serial cartoons. And I was shocked that you didn't know so many, like, things that I grew up with, especially uh, Steph. Yes, we did. We connected a few things. But with Steph, I was like, what? I was like, just mind blown and things like that. Because that's, of course, a big part of my childhood, teenagehood, and even 
adulthood. And it's also part of a project I'm working on right now. I'll talk more about that in the near future. But um, it was was definitely um, helped me see things and not everyone that I grew up with see things from that perspective. And I was kind of like shook and it took me a few seconds to just (laughs) recover from that. But I'm like, what? It's like, for example, if I hold my mug up and point out, if you know who that is, you'd be like, who is that? I have no idea. By the way, Jess says, high five. (laughs) (laughs) Steph doesn't know. I'm like, shook. Steph was uh, yeah. busy watching uh, concert DVDs as a as a child. Okay, my uh, dad had all the concert movies. Interesting. <laughs> like, oh, so just but like, I also grew up watching Chespirito. Anybody watch Chespirito? Meow, 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 meow. Yeah, that's what I grew up watching. And then like a bunch of these like American cartoons, which now mm-hmm. I I like rewatch and I'm like, oh my god, so many like racial undertones <laughs> yeah. here, oh, xenophobic yeah. undertones. Why did I watch this? But but it's just it's just exactly what marco was saying it's Mm -hmm. like your your eyes are open to like completely different like you come out of that box and you're like okay just because we were in that same generation doesn't mean that we were like had the same story Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. but when you can relate it's it's also helpful exactly really awesome yeah for your audience because my audience they already know what, what my mug is but yeah. but for uh it's, it was a dragon ball mug dragon ball z grew up I'm in the 90s yes yes but um but um everyone go to um go to the trisha uh instagram at trish at trish chat yep. and message them to go watch avatar the last airbender <laughs> everyone i know you're watching because when i posted that poll last week who's your favorite avatar it was pretty active a lot of you responded and i forgot to post the uh, results it was mostly ang i voted for ang too but yeah it was, yeah. The, it was uh, from the original series but uh it's so insightful yeah. it goes actually it indirectly goes over labels too it yeah. goes over almost everything that you can relate to technically speaking it is a kids cartoon i probably brought this up at least four or five times maybe six or seven (laughs) but yeah definitely watch it everyone bombard bombard their uh their uh their dms i'm watching that show but yeah they'll watch it yeah and actually if you look that corner i got the the dvd set of the uh of the follow-up of uh legend of korra so when you're done with uh, avatar i'll let you borrow that one but yeah but yeah (laughs) check it out yes Cool. And you'll be like, oh, I get it now. I'm like, yeah, I told you. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. okay. So, yeah. But, yeah, um, I just wanted to share all that. But um, is there anything else y'all want to talk about? No. It comes to Danny's labels. Thank you for having us and yes. collaborating with us. It's been And awesome. for starting this conversation, like, a few months ago. I really appreciate, yes. like, yeah. um, I really enjoy the fact that I feel like when I work with you, I exercise my mind and my body at mm-hmm. the same time. So like, yeah. you know, I'm lifting weights, dying, and you're like, three more reps. But, <laughs> but then we're also talking about like labels and stuff. And yeah. so it's just, it's very, it, 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 I feel like I've nurtured my whole self mm-hmm. during those sessions. Holistic approach. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. People are like, what's holistic personal training? I'm like, there's levels to this shit. But yeah, <laughs> there's definitely a lot yeah. more to it. So uh, it's just like singing deaf. Like with the mind, the body, the soul, the diet, and seeing everything as a whole, yeah. like everything that you put into your body, into your brain, yeah. the way you move, the way you think, right. and everything is just having a structure. Are you emotionally attached to the structure? Is that structure holding you down? Yeah. It's just seeing everything as a whole. And that's like completely different than what like mm-hmm. we've been used to in like personal training. Just for mm-hmm. people yeah. who don't know, we didn't say this, but uh, Steph and I know Marcos. He's our he's our personal 
holistic trainer, <laughs> um, but he's he's also a friend, and so we've been mm-hmm. really blessed to be able to like create this bond. And um, I think that it's key to like mention that you know I'll I'll have an ex- I'll talk about an experience like Marcos. I had like an anxiety attack uh, a few weeks ago during training, and I was like, hey Marcos, I'm not feeling well. And you know Marcos could have been like, all right, we're we're done, like go and chill, but like. I thank you so much for like he was doing breathing exercises with me he was talking to me and like I've never had that type of experience where one I was able to feel comfortable to be vulnerable but also that somebody actually took the time to care and use his skill set to be like I see you I got you and like let's do this and like to check in and so for anybody out there who's looking for a personal trainer I would highly recommend Marcos I mean he's freaking amazing yes. we are so happy that we met you um i won't get sappy into that we talked about that earlier um mm-hmm. but i think that i'm starting to believe that the universe works um in this this way i've always believed that, that everything yeah. happens for a reason and marcos and steph are always the ones telling me like yes believe it believe it believe it and i'm like there's yeah. no way that we would move across the country and like meet marcos like what are the freaking chances i know you know i I think yeah i think i've I've grown so much because i also i think have the perception that when you work with a personal trainer like their interest is in getting you to exercise but not teaching you too much so that you're constantly like relying on them right like because at the point where like i know how to do the exercises myself and i've built my routine like why do i need to work with you anymore Mm but uh like you marcos you've completely changed my like perception of that as well because I like a lot of my diet has completely changed since I've worked with you and it's not because you've been like stop eating meat like you haven't said that to me you've always been like yeah do what is best for your body but like think about like really think about how it makes you feel and like really listen to your body and connect with your body and I've started you know like really listening to what my body tells me when I eat certain things and cutting things out that I don't like but also really changing the like these ideas that have been put in my head of like the fact that what I need to eat for breakfast, what I need to eat for lunch, and I need to eat these three meals. And like, I mean, I told you recently, like I'm obsessed with acai bowls and I eat a lot of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I've, I've also just, and, and of course it's also come in like watching the medical medium a lot, but I think it's also in, in like a lot of conversations with you in terms of just really changing and really listening to what my body needs and not relying on these like food pyramids or like what society says it's right but more so like relying on like plants, fruits, mm-hmm. like things how like your that. body feels. How my body feels, but also like I'm I when I whenever like the slightest thing hurts I'm like oh my god, I'm injured. Like, like <laughs> what am I going to do? Yeah. I need to go like go to the doctor, but just <laughs> listening to my listening to my body in terms of like what I need to heal and understanding that yes, there are times where, like you need to go to the doctor if you broke something or like whatever it may be, but really listening to myself and and taking care of myself and like I think the biggest thing I learned is like stop slow down mm-hmm. process. listen process and like then move forward and I think that that has completely changed my life in so many ways of how I've operated just with this like notion in my head of how things are supposed to be and who I trust like mm-hmm. whose opinion I trust and in the fact that I didn't trust my own body's like opinion so thank you for that, Marcos. Yeah. yeah. That is holistic. Yeah. A holistic approach, and I appreciate that. Now that we went down the sappy road. Yeah. Really, <laughs> um, 
but yeah, anybody uh. who's listening from like Trish Chat, please follow uh, Empowered uh, with Marcos. We'll definitely tag it in our Instagram channel. Um, I know a lot of our friends already do follow you, and you know, yeah, we talk so much about you that they're like. I look at our mutual friends and it's like all these people. Yeah, I see I see that like our friends like your stuff. Like our friends in New York. And yeah. I'm like, this is amazing. This, this is, is amazing. Awesome. So one other quick thing is I get super annoyed with people who um just talk about like the end, like, oh, if you want to clear your mind, like just clear it. And that's what you do. Like if you want to have a clear mind, clear it out. And what I appreciate about Markle's um page and part with Markle's is that he gives you a lot of the how. Which is very important to me because I, I'm a person that works in like frameworks and I want to understand like what are the steps that I should test out to see, to try to clear my mind or to try to understand if I like if I'm overloaded with information, mm-hmm. and Marcos gives that how so go yeah. check it out. Go check it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, thanks, Marcos, for having us. I don't yes. know if you have any final thoughts, but I think we had a great conversation. Yeah. Thank you for the kind words. I'm in, yeah. I'm in tears right now. <laughs> <laughs> First guest to put me in tears. Yeah. Wow, it's just, <laughs> just, it's just, uh, just seeing both of you grow. Yeah. That's the main thing. Yeah. No, not, not really the flattery, but more like. Both of your growth, like in tears. Both of you have grown so much. Yeah, I appreciate and just, uh, It's beyond just Steph doing push-ups. Oh my gosh, yeah. I couldn't even do a push-up. And now... It's like 17! Hold on. First we, of all... We, we got to check the book. I think it was 17 or 21. I forgot. What? Yeah. You do that many push-ups? I'm strong. Yeah, it, it's amazing. on paper. It's wow. on paper. It's on record. Then it's on record. Real. She yeah. is. We'll get a video next time. Yes, please. Yeah. yeah. We'll we'll get a video next time. We will. It's definitely... That muscle now. Mm-hmm. And rip. Bro. And seeing a just conquering anxiety. Because no, no, I know no. I've been down that road. The reason yeah. why I was able to like guide you through that was because I went through that yeah. too. Yeah. And it, it is it's rough. And I do know. And yeah. I'm proud of both of you. I really yeah. gently, gently am. And well, we it's just. Have been you, so yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And definitely um, both like Trish had alone. That's. Help me see things from such different perspective. Yeah. Um, just the episode both you did with uh with the Label Society and Healthcare. It was just yeah. uh, knowing that so many people, especially women of color, mm-hmm. all you need to deal with for pregnancy and that to deal with things differently. Yeah. Whew, yeah. Mind blown. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. intense. Then the last episode, oh, it's it's both buffles at like every episode is a month, but the last two, the last one. I do um I listened to it before the session we did yesterday. And I had to like recuperate myself. I was like grounded myself a few minutes before and after listening to uh, Jess's story with Trish. Yeah. And then uh, after the session, I listened to your story with your family. Yeah. Whew. <laughs> Vulnerability, man. It's fine. Yeah. It's a listen to it. Here we go. Just listen to Trish chat. It's on uh, it's on Spotify, it's on iTunes, yep. it's everywhere. Yep. It's a must. It's it's you have to listen to it. It's a completely different perspective when it comes to everything. Like I said before, I grew up with a uh, with two brothers, and um, and I didn't really get the real in depth perspective of a woman besides dating mm-hmm. and having a girlfriend until I lived with my ex girlfriend out in Atlanta last year, mm-hmm. and that was completely different. And most men need to really. Yeah. Learn from that perspective with an open mind. Even though when I was out there, my mind was closing little by little because a lot happened, a lot went on, and I finally feel ready to share that story in the new future. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, it's uh, 
man showing empathy towards women is a must. That's why the country is the situation that it is, because we're not showing empathy towards women. And actually, like I said before, we're listening for the intent of listening, not to answer anything, period. Okay. Yeah, and I was put to the test this <laughs> during this uh during this episode and it's it's been a wonderful wonderful beautiful amazing experience having this conversation and just knowing both of you in general and like jess said it's definitely been a blessing blessing yeah. <laughs> to just know both of you and just everything we've learned from each other and as much as both of you have learned from me and the byproduct of both of you learning from yourselves i learned so much from myself and everything too it's crazy especially yeah. like interacting with people that live from completely different identities completely different experiences and it's definitely by my horizons with the way the way i approach life in general it's yeah. powerful and amazing and just thank you yeah thank, thank you. you both of you thank you, <laughs> both of you thank you awesome. yes it's it's been whew, an intense <laughs> amazing episode and thank you everyone for listening and after you done tearing up your eyes <laughs> and, and uh, just make sure to just uh, like, subscribe to um, Trish Tech, to yeah. Empower with Marcos podcast, yes. and follow us on Facebook, me, Empower with Marcos, and at Trish, Trish Chat on Trish Instagram, Chat on Instagram. And hit that subscribe button on Spotify and yes. iTunes. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, Thanks give uh, feedback, comments, suggestions. If you want us to have certain specific um, guests on each other's podcast, let us know. Yes. And, uh, whew. Just composing myself. <laughs> <laughs> any any final thoughts, words? No, nope. all good. All right, take yeah. care and see you guys next week. Oh, you yep. gonna say something? No, nope. nope. later. All right, see you guys. Bye. See you guys next, next week. Time. Peace. Yeah.